So yesterday we were looking at the the hindrances, what the qualities of mind that hinder our um, present awakening and, and path to awakening. And um, before I start speaking about the, the, the factors of awakening, I'd just like to invite everyone just for a moment <coughs> to check in, just to maybe close your eyes or have them open if you want, and just check in and see, are any, or are any of the hindrances present right now? And if so, which ones are present right now? This is a practice that's very helpful, just from time to time. Just checking, okay, which of the hindrances are present right now? So I notice it's actually less than when I first came in here. When I first sat down, I, I, I felt, oh, hindrance of stop and torpor is, is really strong right now. We were up late talking, and then we had to get up early for something. So, so there's a certain sort of... Um, almost like a grittiness in the mind from, from uh, being a bit sleepy. So then you just know, oh yeah, that, there's the hindrance of sloth and torpor present. And then, because I know why it's there, it's just like, ah, oh, there's, there's that, and it's because of that. And, and that's then just part of the picture, there's a knowing of it. And, uh, and it can help um, to in, uh, inform what I'm capable of doing and not doing in this moment. So uh, I think that's a very, a very important practice because we tend to very quickly identify with the hindrances and feel bad about them or criticise ourselves or think we shouldn't have them. They're just states of mind that, that arise because of causes and conditions. So not to, not to or, or just to recognise when we, when we take hold of them and make them me and mine and then get into these grapples with them. So the practice is to, to know them, to, to know what's present, to know the effect of that. If you can see the cause, that's great. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. So you can, there's the hindrance itself, then there's like going back, seeing like where does that come from, and then where is that going to go to? You know, what, where does that take me? So if I'm here very bright and, and you know, full of energy, and I'm here and a little bit sleepy, it's different. So then, so then we work within the conditions that are, that are present, not uh, taking issue with the conditions that are present, but working within them. If, if when I sat down I found I had a lot of ill will, actually this morning, I must admit, when I woke up rather early, <laughs> because we had to do something at six, I felt quite grumpy. I was quite grumpy and irritable. And, and, uh, and then at some point, um, I since you mentioned the Brahma Viharas, and it was like, oh yeah, Brahma Viharas. I can actually, I don't have to just stay in a grumpy state, I can cultivate a wholesome quality. So then, you know, there's an opportunity to, to go into pay attention, take care of the heart, rather than just be grumpy because of all these reasons. No, you don't have to do that, there's, there's an opportunity to, to transform that. So. so it's a very important part of the practice to just do that checking in, noticing, and then seeing where does it come from, where can, what can I do with it, where will it lead me. Um, so in, in that process of even just doing that we're already entering into the territory of the awakening factors so the Buddha points to seven factors of awakening I'm going to say awakening rather than enlightenment but even though we're sort of in the habit of saying enlightenment but it can make it sound a little bit distant and inaccessible so 
I'm going to call them the factors awakening, which is kind of the same thing. And um, these factors can be developed at any time in any situation. And they, in the moment, they lead to the mind awakening to what is happening here and now. And on the long term, as we guide our, our attention in the right way, it leads to full awakening. So it's like supportive in the, in the moment and supportive on the long term goal. And those factors, the first factor of awakening is sati, which is uh, mindfulness or awareness, knowing. And the second factor is dhamma vijaya, which is investigation of, of phenomena or investigation of states or investigation of what's going on now, basically. Being, turning towards being interested in listening to, having a curiosity about what is going on now. That's the second factor of awakening. And the, the third factor is virya, which can be translated as, as energy. And uh, it's the kind of energy, it's not like forceful energy, it's not like trying to get something, get it all sorted, but it's a sustained energy that will, will, will keep you with what's going on. So a little bit we're speaking yes, about vitaka vichara. Vitaka is makes contact and vichara keeps it going. So virya has that similar quality of it. It, it keeps you with what's, what you're doing. So you're not just like mindful, curious, and then on to the next thing. Because <coughs> you're mindful, you're curious, and then you, you stay curious. You stay interested. You watch what's going on. You watch the transformation happen. It's the third factor. And the, the fourth factor is piti. And that's not pity in the English sense, but piti in the Pali sense, which means rapture or joy. That's a factor of awakening. So we hear about suffering and dukkha and all that a lot in Buddhism, but a very key aspect to awakening is joy. And uh, so that can come in, in subtle ways and in very powerful, strong ways in many, many different forms. Uh, the fifth factor of awakening is tranquility, pasadi. It's like a, a, a calming and a kind of spreading out. And the sixth factor is samadhi, collectedness, settled, collected mind. <coughs> and then the seventh factor is upeka, which is um, equipoise or equanimity. So there's seven. Five, five hindrances is easier to remember because it's on one hand, and then the seven factors, it starts to get a bit more complicated. But um, so they're important. To, and so I think we can also sort of divide that out a little bit. So you've got sati. Sati is always vital to every uh, aspect, really. It's always, it always needs to be there for awakening. You can't, you can't be awake to the way things are without sati, because sati is what brings us into presence with what is here and now. Um, so that's always there. And then um, Dhamma Vicha, investigation and uh, energy and joy, they kind of, they're all energizing. Those three are quite, uh, they're energizing. So um, somebody was uh, asking on the first evening, I think, about, you know, well, I, I go home after, you know, after a busy day and meditate and, and I fall asleep. You know, it's like, because the because the the mind's been busy, you've been the, you've been busy doing things, and then 
and then you sit and try and ask the mind to be quiet and tranquil and it's just like you know it's tired and it's and there's not enough to hold on to there's not enough enough interest to to settle so that's where these qualities come in dhamma vijaya the 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 curiosity the interest the investigation so that's that's partly turning towards what's going on but it's also looking at well so what do i do with this so if there's a um, dullness and sleepiness and okay there's dullness sleepiness i'm aware of that you know there's, there's that hindrance of sloth and torpor so i'm going to do some walking or i'm going to stand or i'm going to chant or i'm going to listen to a dhamma talk that inspires me before i sit or do some yoga before i sit you know so so there's a a knowing and then a responding and then uh, maybe you do that and then you sit again and then there's a little bit you know it's a little bit tired but not not it's not really just going to sort of crash out so then when it's not so strong you can just bring your attention to what what is present and then you can recognize like there's a there's a kind of dullness in the mind the eyes are heavy um, maybe the breath is a little shallow you know and then then you can maybe shift your posture a little bit and make a bit more space for the breath and make sure that the, the uh, spine is straight and, and and make a very firm intention to stay present for the next 20 30 40 whatever you're doing minutes and then just keep that going so that's where the, the virya the energy comes in where you stay with that intention and you keep arousing that energy and as you do that you know you may find if, it, if it's working and you're not just the hindrance of sloth and isn't overwhelming you again and again then you may find a certain joy arises and so all of those qualities are energizing and I've also experienced um, with very difficult emotion so if something very painful has arisen and it's, it's, it's quite strong and it's quite overwhelming and then instead of just falling into it, bringing that, those, those qualities, sati, uh, knowing, mindfulness, awareness, um, investigation. And, and investigation isn't in my head. It's not like, oh, what's this? Okay, this is... Because the head, you know, the, 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 the emotion is very strong. So it's not an intellectual process, but it's a, a letting the, the awareness drop down into the felt sense or into the kind of into the torso really into this area and and see oh what's this you know how does it feel and not just and it's really important not just intellectually up here looking down how does it feel but in here dropping down and being in it how does it feel it feels you know and then maybe there's a um a throbbing or or a or a a sharpness, or you know, you start to feel. Well, what does it feel like? And whereabouts is it? Maybe it's in the, in my heart, or in the solar plexus, or in the belly, or throat. And then you say, it's like, oh, it's there, or it's moving. So you start to really get in touch with what's going on in the in the felt sense of your experience. And uh, as you do that, there's there's sati, there's awareness, there's interest, investigation. There's being willing to stay with it, even if it's painful and uncomfortable. And then I've experienced it even at simultaneously, it's kind of the mind doesn't know what to do with it. Simultaneously, you know, great sadness, sorrow, grief, and joy at the same time. You know, you may have experienced that too. And then, and then the thinking mind's like, hang on a minute, that doesn't make sense. But it's, but it's happening. Because the joy is there because of the knowing. 
and the knowing knows that this is okay. It belongs. It's like this right now. It's, it's changing, so I don't have to be afraid. And the, and the knowing that it's changing isn't a dismissal, but it's a, a, a permission to let it fully be here, because it's not going to be here forever, so you don't have to be afraid. And then you can let it be really felt deeply, known, you know, expressed if need be. And then it subsides. So um, when we really bring those qualities of, of mindfulness, of, of awareness, investigation, and that sustained energy, often what happens is a joy arises. But you know, if it doesn't arise, don't kind of go, oh, I did that thing and the joy didn't arise. And, you know, <laughs> that's another hindrance again. But just, you know, that gives the possibility for that to arise. And then if we just stay in that joy, so in its, the Pali word is piti, which often is translated as rapture, which is like a pretty intense joy. <laughs> you know, it can be that we can experience that also in meditation, just very, very intense joy, or through reflecting on, on something inspiring, uplifting, or, or a teacher that's inspired us greatly that we've met, then there can be this really intense joy, and it's almost like, sometimes you can even feel your body moving with it, it's so strong, I've had that sometimes. And, and then, um, so the next factor of awakening is, is pasadi, and it's like, it's like smoothing it out. So if we just stay with the joy, the joy is fun and it's lovely, but it's, it's, not, it's not the goal joy, to be in that joyful state, even though it's kind of quite culturally up, isn't it? Joy in California, but it's like, <laughs> but that isn't the goal of awakening, it's, it's much more, it's much broader than that. So, uh, so then letting go of that, of that joy or that pity and, and letting, it, letting it open up, giving space for it to open up, letting it settle, letting it broaden. And then there's this, um, I'm not, I don't actually really like that word tranquility, but I don't have another one. The, word, the Pali word is lovely, pasadi. For me that kind of says it, pasadi. But you know, it may not do that for you. So, uh, But it's about like spreading it out, letting it, letting it settle and integrate. And that's more of a calming quality. And then from that, calming and, and, and spreading out, then the mind can settle and become more collected. So there can be a natural movement into samadhi. <clears throat> Not trying to get it, but it can, it, the mind can just settle into samadhi. And then uh, upeka, the uh, equipoise or balance, is again, it's, it's, um, it's a little bit like the movement from joy to, to tranquility, where there's, there's something quite, quite potent happening, and then you you give it more space, you let it broaden out. So then with concentration or, or samadhi, to, bring, to come to equanimity, there's again this broadening out, giving it space. Uh, the literal, um, if you literally translate upeka, it's uh, having a bird's eye view. So I, I was I was very happy to see the pelicans <laughs> just uh, by Ocean Beach, because I always feel like they're like an embodiment of upeka. They're just kind of chilled, you know, they don't flap around much and they're just there. They've been, they're like virtually dinosaurs, you know, they've been hit around forever and they've got it down, you know, and then they just glide and then they skim down to the water surface and you, they, they're so close to the water that you, they just like disappear behind the ripplets of waves and then they're up again. So that to me is like a paker. 
It's, it's having the, the, the broad view, not being flustered, not being, uh, not being uh, intent on anything either. That's why I like that image of the pelicans, because they, they've been around for thousands of years. You know? they're, just, they're just kind of doing that. They've got it down. They're not aspiring to anything. They're not trying to get anything. They're just doing their thing. So the, the peka has that quality. So those are the, the seven factors of awakening. And uh, an important thing I want to just bring up is, is you know, we, we come to the path, most of us come to the path because of a sense of, of dukkha, you know, and of wanting to find the way out of suffering. We, we've know, we know the first noble truth and we want to realise the third noble truth, you know. Uh, we know suffering and we want to know the ending of suffering. And... and uh, so we, we, most people start this path as a person who is hurting and who wants to get out of it, that painful place into a, being a person who isn't hurting. And uh, the awakening factors, one of the things that is very beautiful about the awakening factors is it's, which took me a long time to see, um, is that they are not saying you're this kind of person and if you do this you're going to become that kind of person. They're not saying that. But they are, moment by moment, transforming your experience of what's happening here and now. So in the moment, as you pay your attention to those, you know, first the first one, the second one, as you pay attention to them, right there in the moment, your experience is being transformed. So you're shifting. You can't have, you can't have those first three factors, for example. You can't have sati, mindfulness, investigation, and energy staying present with and, and remain fixed in a story. It doesn't work. You've got, to, you've got to put the story to one side in order to go in, to, to let the space be there to go into that. So once you put the story aside, there's already some freedom. And then, and then you do that investigation and, the, and then the freedom is, it sort of, it opens up. And the, the, the story that we're locked into that's hurting us for a little while is, is opened up. And, uh, and then there's just actually a process of awakening happening. It's a process of awakening. And uh, it's not... A, 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 this thing about um, identity and non-identity is, is, is tricky because there are certain things that need uh, to be attended to and that need to be acknowledged and uh, responded to because the way... I think I was speaking about in the first evening, the way we appear in the world, how we've happened to be born in our particular manifestation, whether it's colour or size or, or beauty or not beauty or whatever it might be, or what age we are now, or whether we're able-bodied or disabled. The world meets us from that exterior place. So that impacts us very strongly. So, that, so I don't want to say, I'm not saying that doesn't matter and that's irrelevant because everything's just a process. But that's one reality and it's painful you know, and it's, it's hard to change and it needs attention. And there's, and there's the inner experience which, which is shared. It's not that different. In, 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 right in the centre of each one of us, it's not that different. There's, a, there's, there's knowing... There's, um, there's the possibility to, to turn towards and inquire 
there's uh, enough energy, I'm quite certain with everybody in this room, there's enough energy to stay with and to, to let that process happen. So the awakening factors, they're not, they, they lead to full awakening and they also dissolve the, the solid self in the moment for a little while. And the more we practice them, the more, um, the more we can live from the factors of awakening and less from the story of self. And that just naturally leads to greater freedom and, and less suffering. And then, and then that's going on, that's an internal journey, that's an inside job, so to speak. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we can use that, you know, as we, as we gain greater um, strength and, and seeing through that, then we bring that to the manifest realm, to the, the dual, the realm of duality within which we live. So we, we bring that in so, that, so we can help others also just to, to unravel those knots that we, that we get ourselves into or we get each other into. And then uh, just one other aspect I want to bring up is, uh, so I mentioned that there's sati, the, the mindfulness of the, that belongs with, with everything pretty much practices and then there are these two groups of three so there's the energizing factors uh, investigation energy and joy they the ones that bring you energy and then there's the calming factors tranquility concentration and equanimity so to know again to like when you sit know where am I you know what's uh, do I have tons of energy that I don't know what to do with then you need to cultivate sati and those last three factors. Or am I just like really, really dull and tired and bored? And then sati and cultivate the first three factors. So that they so they balance things out. And uh, we haven't. Uh, maybe we should write them up and put them on the wall. Actually, we haven't written down those seven. We don't have a nice little poster for the seven factors. So maybe we can write them up in the, in the, at the meal break and put them on the wall so you can see them and write them down and, and reflect on them. And I also want to say, because we, we've kind of brought in quite a few lists in this, in this retreat, <laughs> and uh, I just want to say that uh, when I was a layman, I've been a nun for 25 years or something like that now, and before I was a nun, I, my partner and I were both Buddhist practitioners and we had a shrine and we'd bow to our shrine and, it, and on that shrine my partner who, who'd been an anagarika in white for a year uh, during the process of our relationship had, a, had written down the seven facts of enlightenment and he put them on the shrine way back then, this is like a long time ago and so we'd bow to the shrine, there'd be the seven factors and, and I could not get them in my mind I could not get them to stay in my mind because there was this block of like they're the factors of enlightenment, you know, that's just too far away, it's too far, I can't. And, and it's been literally years, something like 23 years, <laughs> this is my little confession, before I was able to really just take them in and see, oh, I see, they're just like here and now, you can use them, they're not some lofty thing that, you know, is way out of my reach. 
So I just want to say that because some of you might be listening thinking, I mean, I'm never going to get that down. <laughs> but they're not actually that difficult. You know, they're not as difficult as, as they appear. And, and we also, we tend to hear things like, we hear something like, um, well, any, anything actually. We hear even sati, you know, even mindfulness, and we think, oh, how do you, you've got to do mindfulness, you've got to be mindful. Or we hear um, tranquility, and then they feel like, you know, I've got to become tranquil, something <laughs> tranquilizing. <laughs> But it's it's just seeing, just taking, just recognizing that they can be very, it can be very subtle. It can be just like calming it down a little bit, you know. If the energy is too strong, calming it down a little bit, out breath, letting go. That leads to. It's not that you become completely tranquil, but it leads to a, a balancing of the too much energy. And then samadhi is an interesting word. You know, we hear about samadhi and anything. Samadhi, concentration, and then you've got the jhanas, and then all these like four jhanas, eight jhanas, you know, and then in anything, oh, I can't do it, it's, I can't do that. But samadhi is it's actually it's a collectedness, it's a collectedness of mind. So I noticed, I don't know about everybody, but I noticed yesterday during the day, as we practiced together, that things settled. There was in the room a, collect- a collectedness. And so probably that's because people were feeling more collected. The mind was, the minds here were, were getting more collected. And that's something that, that comes about through our practice. We can't make it happen. We can't say, come on, you've got to be collected now. You know, you can't force it. It's, it's something that arises as we put the causes and conditions in place. And uh, so I just want to encourage you in that way that it's, you know, don't, don't put it up there, something really lofty, and think, I can't do it. But just be more curious. Be curious about it. So be curious about what's going on now. And, and very, very important to move from the, the head down here into the heart, into the belly, into the, you know, anywhere below the neck. So, because as long as we're up there, we're still just in the story. We're just the story's going on, and we're listening, and we've been listening for years. So, just like trusting and and dropping down and and looking, investigating. And it might be that you that you that you're doing this, but you don't know you're doing it. Because you, because you haven't got this kind of list-like quality, which is normal. You know, it may be that that's happening, and then you're, and you're feeling the joy, and you're feeling the sense of relief, and you're, and you're gaining the insight. So this is also a way of just pointing, like, this is the path to awakening. You're probably already doing it, but not noticing you're doing it. And, and it can be that we, we uh, hold ourselves back because we don't notice the, the, the wholesome qualities that are already here that are already being strengthened. So, uh, so coming back to the hindrances for a minute, you know, one of the things that's really valuable is just to, like I was saying, check in and see which of the hindrances are present right now, and maybe you find none of them are present. We haven't talked a lot about that sixth bowl of water, which is just a bowl of water. It's just a bowl of water that isn't boiling, it isn't whipped up, it isn't, it hasn't got dye in it, it's not full of algae, it's just a, a bowl of clear water. Sometimes the mind is like that. 
It's not that unusual. It may happen many, many, many times in a day. But we don't, we overlook it because it's not exciting or, you know, it's not like a big insight, but it's very important. So learning to notice those things of the wholesome states that are present, the unwholesome states that are not present. So it all leads, it all leads us in the direction of awakening. So I'd like to offer that to this morning. Mm-hmm.